This is Finpoint, Fidelity's podcast series that explores new ways of thinking in today's evolving wealth management landscape. Hello, everyone. I'm Anand Saker from Fidelity Investments. I'm sitting in today for Mark Squires, host of Finpoint, as C7 Paternity Lead. This is the seventh episode in our third season of Finpoint. Thank you to all of you for joining us. Finpoint tackles the topics that are top of mind for advisors, planners, and leaders in the wealth management industry. This season is all about financial planning, which at Fidelity, we believe is a great opportunity for growth, both for advisors and investors. I know Mark and his guests covered a lot of ground this season. If you haven't heard our earlier episodes, I'd encourage you to take a listen. There's a lot in there. Today, we are going to cover a topic that's really important for my work and also to me personally, and that's the topic of diversity and inclusion, and specifically, how the evolving investor landscape impacts financial planning. We've talked a lot about investor trends this season. We know that 2020 drove a surge in activity that many people were working with new advisors and that younger investors drove a lot of that activity. We also heard that younger investors were very interested in planning as a way to gain back some of the peace of mind that the global pandemic took away. So here is something we are coming to know about younger generations. They appear to be more diverse than older generations. We've seen data both inside and outside of Fidelity indicating that younger generations bring more racial diversity. The younger women are more likely to participate in the workforce than their older counterparts and are also more likely to have a college degree than men. And the younger generations are more likely to identify as LGBTQ+. We also see more and more people exploring their identities and less importance being placed on gender roles. And with greater openness around mental health and well-being, more people are open about experiencing a disability or chronic condition. And I'm just touching the tip of the iceberg on diversity and lens this year. So what does this mean? Well, if you're an advisor or a planner looking to grow your business, you may have already seen that your client base is becoming more diverse. And that's what we wanna to talk to you about today. How increasing diversity and the evolving investor landscape impacts your work in wealth management and financial planning. I've invited my friend, Mandy Scipioni, one of our relationship managers, and like myself, a champion of diversity and inclusion at Fidelity, to have a conversation around the topic. Mandy, welcome to FinPoint. Thank you, Anand, for inviting me. It's great to be able to bring some of the D&I work we do together to FinPoint. Yes, yeah, such an important topic and one that impacts all of us so deeply, so I'm glad you're here. Mandy, I started off with a recap of some of the investor trends we covered this season. More people switching advisors and hiring new advisors, greater demand for planning services after the turmoil of 2020. And we know that a lot of this activity is driven by younger investors. Give me your thoughts on that. Yeah, you know, Fidelity has been doing a lot of research on younger generations of investors to help advisors grow into the future. What we are seeing is that younger investors may be redefining the advice relationship the customer for many advisors and planners may have traditionally been baby boomers, you know, people born before 1965. And as such, those investors laid a lot of the groundwork for what has become some of the cornerstones of advice. For example, in-person meetings, often once a year with an advisor who had an office nearby and mailed quarterly statements and newsletters. Conversations often centered around their financial lives and investments, and advisors weren't always tasked to broaden the conversation to other topic areas or highly personal conversations. But what we're seeing from younger generations is that they may be looking for something different. They want to talk about more aspects of their lives beyond money management. 
think health and well-being, careers and family. They want a digital experience, so they have current information at their fingertips. They're looking for a paperless experience. These investors are online, on the go, and on their devices. They aren't afraid to hire and work with an advisor who isn't local, who perhaps they found online or through social media. And they are also happy to work with multiple advisors. So these are trends or preferences that were on our radar already. We don't necessarily think that these wants and needs are just driven by the pandemic. All of this is to say that as you look to your younger clients or your future customers, you really wanna keep these expectations top of mind. That's incredibly interesting, Manny, and I agree with a lot of it. And, it's, and it can seem almost overwhelming to some degree as well. We've been looking at a lot of these trends for a while. I also think that if you intersect that research and the perspective of what I kicked off with, that diversity across a lot of different dimensions appears to be higher in younger generations. And I think we might be on the verge of a big change for how advisors attract and retain and work with their clients. What do you think about that? Yeah, you know, I agree. And in fact, that change may already be upon us. You know, for a long time, the typical client was older and quite often a Caucasian male. So when you add in higher levels of diversity into these shifting needs of younger generations I just talked about, we're probably going to see a lot of new consumer trends that could have a great impact on our work. And I know Fidelity has been doing a lot of research in this area for a few years now. What is some of our research saying about different needs or preferences among different segments of investors? Yeah, we've been studying this for a while. And the research is showing that different segments of investors are adopting financial planning differently. Overall, approximately seven in 10 investors have a formal financial plan in place. That's across all ages, wealth levels, races, genders. We do see slightly higher numbers of plans for those living with a disability or chronic condition in their household. But that may be somewhat anticipated as these investors may have complex circumstances or long-term care needs to plan for. Certainly sounds a lot like my family. Our research also found that men were more likely than women to have a financial plan in place. And this was even in our most recent data collected this year after the initial impact of the pandemic when we saw so many headlines about how women were heavily affected. It's an interesting finding about the impact of women, um, especially, you know, perhaps women experiencing the pandemic differently or perhaps didn't have the time or knowledge to put a financial plan in place. What do you think are the drivers of this impact on women? It's hard to say. Uh, it may be due to traditional roles or comfort and confidence in managing their finances or maybe because women tended to take on more caretaking responsibilities over the last year. But, you know, it's something I think we would all agree we would like to see improve for sure. Yes, for sure. It's, it's definitely something that we all want to both of, not only understand better, but also, I think, see improvement in. What else is the data showing? Let's see. So LGBTQ plus investors, on average, tend to be philanthropically inclined. We asked a question in our study, which factors in an advisor would you be willing to pay more for? For investors who identified as LGBTQ plus, they were much more likely than other investors to want an advisor to help them with their charitable giving strategy. And we actually just did an episode on charitable giving, so please look that up. <laughs> you did. So that's helpful to think about in terms of the services you bring to your clients. And I know you're not saying this with any of this data, but I want to be clear. This research, the findings aren't suggesting that advisors can serve everyone in a demographic segment the same way and that they all want the same services, right? No, absolutely not. Well, one aspect of diversity may be what is visible to others or what someone often identifies with. Every person 
has multiple facets of identity and the intersection of those facets of identity often makes the situation more complex. It really comes down to learning about the needs and wants of the individual person. Uh, well said, I completely agree about that, understanding the needs and wants of your individual clients. So what does that mean when we put it into action? You and I have had the conversations on this before, but let's talk about them here with our listeners. How do advisors and financial planners adapt when the customer is rapidly evolving and their needs and wants are so diverse? and perhaps even different from how the advisor is so accustomed to working? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question, isn't it? And, you know, I think there's a couple of ways that we can think about this. Some advisors and planners take a segmentation approach to their client base, and we have seen this work really well. When you segment your book of business, you can tailor your approach and your offering to different tiers of clients according to their needs. So let's take an example. If you have a book that is bifurcated with older clients and younger clients, it may make sense to take a closer look at each segment and ask some questions. How do they want to engage with you? What service model are they looking for? Do they want frequent interaction or less frequent? What do they want to talk about in their meetings? Do they want paper statements or a digital experience? Or maybe both. You can use some of the factors we mentioned earlier. You may ultimately decide that your practice is more weighted to one segment or another, or you may find that you enjoy working with one segment or even that one is more profitable for your firm. It does take some time and some data collection and some introspection to really figure all this out. It does take some time. And I think it's incredibly important. I've talked to a lot of advisors who have had segmentation work really well for them. You mentioned something interesting at the end there about enjoying working with a segment or perhaps even having a passion for working with one segment. I think that may be one approach also that an advisor or planner decides to go deep in their focus and their work with one segment. And perhaps they bring the lens of diversity into that approach, bringing their passion or interest and in working with some of the traditionally underserved communities. What do you think about that approach? Yeah, you know, we've seen that approach as well. And when you think about some of the data that's out there, there really is a need for it. I was talking about some of our research earlier. One finding we uncovered just recently, and it's related to financial planning specifically, while well, approximately seven in 10 investors have a formal financial plan in place, when we asked about comprehension levels, we started to see some wider differences. How so? Well, just over half of all the respondents said that they had a very strong understanding of their financial plan. So then we decided to break that down a little bit and we broke it down by race. We saw that fewer multicultural households had strong levels of understanding. Less of them reported that they really understood their household's financial plan and this was all self-reported. And Anand, you and I would both fall into that segment. So this finding was especially discouraging to me. Yeah, discouraging to me as well, because I think we both recognize the needs um, that are relevant from everybody across the U.S., not just a particular population. And so it's not at all um, outside of own perspectives, as well as from other sources, we're seeing that there are underserved populations. What can advisors and planners do about that? Yeah, you know, it really goes back to what we were saying earlier in this conversation. You know, you may decide as an advisor to lean into working with one segment, such as women or African-Americans, Latinx or Asian-Americans. You may identify as part of this population, so you're knowledgeable about some of the customs or preferences, or in the case of the LGBTQ plus community, some of the unique laws that pertain to same-sex marriage and benefits and family planning. We would suggest that if you do make the decision to go deeper into working with a particular segment, that you take the time to learn more about all of those things, talk to people, get familiar with their needs, their concerns, their issues, and their wants. 
it's important to be able to show empathy and relatability. Otherwise, you may lack the connection needed for strong and long-lasting advisor-investor relationships. And don't forget, everyone is unique. Don't paint with a broad brush. Yeah, just to build on that, I think, Mandy, is thinking about those populations is the concept of intersectionality, right? Because to that point, everybody is unique and has different perspectives and intersectionality, I think, plays into that. But we can spend a whole other show on that topic. <laughs> We sure could. (laughs) As well as other elements of diversity, which I think are critical to an advisor's future of their business. We really are on the crest of a wave of big changes in investor demographics. And I'm so appreciative of the findings and perspective you shared with us today, Mandy. Thank you so much. I'm so glad we had some time to talk about it and share it with our audience. Thanks so much, Anand. Next up, we're going to talk to Jamila Ramnanan. DNI leader at Blue Cora. Jamila, you and I have spoken a few times before on DNI topics. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me this morning. I appreciate it. I spoke in the first half with Mandy about shifting investor demographics. Can you speak a bit about how your firm feels about the shift and what work you are doing to address it? Yeah, absolutely. So we definitely agree that a demographic shift is upon us and we are actively seeking to recruit more diverse FPs within our organization. We're also making sure we provide support for our FPs so that they can be of best service to a broader community. Um, Our FPs may not have experience working with different investors specifically and may have spent a lot of time with one particular segment in their book, but we want to help them get comfortable with being uncomfortable and not feeling like they need to be an expert at everything. Additionally, some things that we've done, we've launched a diversity and inclusion scholarship at Avantax Wealth Management. We're offering scholarships to help shrink the barrier to entry for populations traditionally underrepresented in finance. The scholarships will help minimize the cost of personal financial specialist designation, security licenses, or certified financial planner modules to help them essentially grow professionally. Also at Avantax, we announced in late March of this year that we acquired Guideline Technologies and its proven lead generation and marketing platform. Launched in 2014, Guidevine has been used by financial professionals as a tool for converting interested prospects into clients. The Guidevine technology will help RFPs introduce their capabilities and expertise to a much wider pool of prospective new clients. This acquisition really reflects our commitment to using technology to support our FPs and the growth of their firms by bringing them another advantage in a highly competitive market. And while specifically my role has, has been focused on really the internal employee side over the last year from a DNI perspective around talent recruitment and training, we at Avantax do aspire over this next year to have more external engagement on DNI topics. Well, so it's great to hear about the scholarships and also the partnership with Guidevine. You know, I'd be curious to know a little bit about one of the things we're seeing is, is that perhaps that there's this increasing advisor diversity, this really this desire to have an increased advisor diversity, but we really know that we've got a long way to go. Do you believe that Perhaps if we see the shifts in the investor populations, and Guidevine is a good example of that, perhaps attracting this new population of investors that perhaps hasn't been perhaps pursued by advisors and are served by advisors, do you think that will actually increase advisor diversity as well? Um, you know, that's a fair question. Um, I don't think one necessarily drives the other. What we do talk about with the FPs is that if, if they have historically targeted, say, 
one segment, they may be missing an opportunity to work with others that may look different, may have different experiences than themselves or those that they traditionally have served. But we encourage them that if they are open to serving more people, that there is an opportunity both for them to learn and to provide more services across their entire portfolio. While one, in my opinion, does not drive the other, I think investor diversity does impact the FP's opportunity and perhaps even demand. Yeah, and I think one of the things that I think about right now is how are firms becoming a talent destination? And I think that that is, I'm hoping and I'm hopeful that the word recruiting becomes attracting talent um, into our industry. And I think that's what you're speaking to with some of the scholarships and other things that you're doing of course. So, um, so thank you for that. You know, one of the things I'd be really interested and curious about is, is do you think that planners or, you know, those advisors that are working at your firm and others whose demographics align with their clients are actually better positioned to serve them? So does perhaps if somebody is more relatable because of their demographics or upbringing or other characteristics, do you think that enables them to better serve them? That's a good question. I think um, human nature, we, we tend to gravitate towards those that often look like us or um, that perhaps we think have similar, similar background and experience. But I don't think you have to look like the clients that you serve. You don't have to have the same background. I think it's more a matter of you know, truly having a genuine curiosity and understanding what those experiences are of others. Um, it might be a little bit easier for people to have a similar background and to have that common dialogue and discussion naturally innately. But if you inside internally are open and curious to learning something new and bridging those gaps and having comfortable, uncomfortable, difficult conversations, just not knowing what you may hear on the other side, I think it's a more fruitful relationship and a part of true relationship building. Um, So no, I would say to be curious and genuine and to be open to learning and showing empathy of others would be key. Empathy, understanding, relatability, I think it's so important in our profession, especially if an advisor wants to create a real long-lasting, durable relationship with our clients. So this is my last question, and it's the same one Mark has asked every guest we've had in season three. What is one piece of advice, perhaps a best practice or other personal guidance that you would recommend to the financial planners and advisors that are listening today? If I could leave listeners with one thing, I would, I would just emphasize that, you know, I stand firm on my belief that I don't know everything. There's not one person out there that knows everything. But what I do know is I know my own personal walk. I know my own journey and the experiences that I've gone through. However, I love interacting and engaging with people to learn from them and hear about their experiences and their authenticity and things that they've gone through, adversity and how they've overcome things. I think we as humans can help each other by sharing our experiences and listening to others. I'm really committed to, and I believe that it's humbling to be vulnerable and naturally curious and wanting to learn more just about others. You learn more and you can give more. So if I could encourage the listeners or the audiences with one thing and you walked away with one thing, I would encourage everyone listening to engage with people who may be different than you, may look different than you, and have different experiences that you can gain and learn from. You may learn something, you may shed that and take that on to another relationship, 
and just give them additionally a gift of your own knowledge and things that you've gone through in life and being able to provide that as something that they can walk away with that's intangible. It can be uncomfortable, not saying it's easy, but it helps everyone, not just in FP, but I think just us overall as humans. Jimmy, uh, first off, I think that's wonderful advice. And I think we can all apply that in our work setting, but also in our personal lives is having coffee with somebody that we don't know or spend time with on a regular basis outside our normal social circles, I think is wonderful advice. And I think another thing I, I heard from what you just said is being consistently humbly curious. And I think it takes a little bit of time and effort to do that, to be uncomfortable, to actually ask questions you don't know the answer to as an advisor. So those are really powerful words. And one I think we can all take to heart. Thank you for joining us on this conversation today. It's something many of us are working on together and I appreciate your efforts to help move our industry forward yourself as well as Bukora. So thank you for um, your time and participation today. Thank you, and I appreciate it. Well, that's it for episode seven. I want to thank both Mandy and Jamila for joining me today. Diversity is such an important topic for our industry to address and to bring it onto the open for active dialogue on how to address it. Increasing diversity is upon us. We know that. There is no one right answer for how to approach the evolving landscape, and the approach is different for every advisor or planner. I think Mandy and Jamila both give some great ideas to think about, so I hope this has been helpful for all of our listeners. I also want to give a shout out to Mark Squires, our usual FinPoint host. Mark, as a father of twins myself, I hope those twins aren't keeping you up all night. I've appreciated the opportunity to step into your shoes and continue this important conversation forward, so thank you for that opportunity. Mark will be back in our next episode. So until next time, I'm Anand Saker, and thank you for tuning in. To replay any FinPoint episode, please visit go.fidelity.com forward slash FinPoint, or search us on iTunes or Google Play. FinPoint is a production of Fidelity Investments. Any reproduction, transcription, or rebroadcasts of this content are forbidden without explicit permission. Information provided in this program is for informational and educational purposes only. To the extent any investment information in this material is deemed to be a recommendation, it is not meant to be impartial investment advice or advice in a fiduciary capacity, and is not intended to be used as a primary basis for you or your clients' investment decisions. Fidelity and its representatives may have a conflict of interest in the products or services mentioned in this material because they have a financial interest in them and receive compensation directly or indirectly in connection with the management, distribution, and or servicing of these products or services, including Fidelity funds, certain third-party funds and products, and certain investment services. Views expressed are as of August 2021, based on the information available at that time, and may change based on market or other conditions. Unless otherwise noted, the opinions provided are those of the speakers and are not necessarily those of Fidelity Investments or its affiliates. Fidelity does not assume any duty to update any of the information. Blue Core Advantex Wealth Management and Jamila Ramnanan are clients and independent companies unaffiliated with Fidelity Investments. Their respective business models needs and results may not reflect the experience of other Fidelity clients. Fidelity Investments does not necessarily endorse Guidevine Technology. Third-party trademarks and service marks are property of their respective owners. All other trademarks and service marks are the property of FMR LLC or its affiliated companies. Fidelity Institutional provides investment products through Fidelity Distributors Company LLC, clearing, custody, or other brokerage services through National Financial Services LLC, or Fidelity Brokerage Services LLC, members NYSE, SIPC, and Institutional Advisory Services through Fidelity Institutional Wealth Advisors LLC. Copyright 2021, FMR LLC, all rights reserved. 990-809.1.0.